KMOX at your service. Welcome to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show, presented by Suburban Leisure Center on Olive, one mile west of 141. Now, here's your host, Scott Mosby, on KMOX. And good morning, good Saturday. We're off and running a beautiful day weekend, and uh, next week it may change. So now is your opportunity to get outside, get going, get started on summer. Yeah, come on, I know we're going right through spring, uh, but, you know, it it is what it is. We have phone lines open for you, 10 of them, 314-436-7900, 436-7900, toll-free, 800-925-1120. The state of Missouri gradually opening up next week, still All decisions about your own health, safety, and your practices, totally up to you. Remember, this is your life and your health. Make it your decision as well. Uh, Scott Mosby here, standing by at University of KMOX. I'm here for two hours today. We have no guests planned for today, and all of this is yours, you, all for you around your home. Because it's a changing season, we're in transition from eh, winter to spring, so we're, you know, full-blown into spring. We're heading into summer coming up soon. So the weather, the temperature, the sun, as well as the dryness will be upon us in the summer. But remind us, next week, middle of the week, the rains come. I think we've got rain forecast much of the next half of next week. So keep in mind that dry basement, all those things on your roof, your gutters, downspout drains, window wells, they need attention because without the attention, without clearing that up, Mother Nature will fill all voids and make things happen according to her plans. And her plan did not originally include your house. Your house was put on a piece of property by you, me, builders, the industry, as well as many municipalities helping that all happen. Take care of it. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Because of the rain coming up next week, I really invite you to take a walkabout. It's a nice day, uh, and it's going to be a wonderful high temperature today. Sunshine most of the day, cloudy later on perhaps, but you're in the middle of the country. We are truly here. You are gracefully blessed, along with me, to be right here. Let's take care of it. So let's go outside. Grab your favorite beverage, go out for a walkabout around the home. Let's see what we can see together. Start on the top, just like a doctor's visit in the medical office. You go in, doctor's first impression. So step back from the street, take a look at your home. What is the first impression people see? Well, does some of that paint need a little bit of attention? Look at the color coordination or lack thereof. Are you thinking of a new roof? Do you look on the roof? Are there sticks and branches? Are there things growing out of your gutters? That's a, a portends problems of a limited resistance or resistance to flow of water getting off your roof. Make sure you've got all that stuff clean and clear. If it looks like it's working, check it. Down in a downspout drain, goes underground into a pipe. 
But stuff a hose in there. See how it works. Does it really drain? For those of you that are in uh, areas like University City, uh, St. Louis City, uh, the inner ring around uh, urban areas here, make sure that you check your basement, too, because some of those things are tied in with the sanitary sewer as well as the storm sewers being all one. That's the way the city of St. Louis was originally laid out and MSD was laid out. Uh, now, as we go forward with all this rainfall, as we pave more and more of the area, the surface water runoff becomes more of what MSD is treating. So you've heard so much about Metropolitan Sewer District and, you know, they want to surcharge for this and all. Well, the bottom line is they don't need to treat rainfall runoff. It's fine. What they need to treat is the sewer discharge effluent, if you will. So the issue is uh, when your downspout goes down into that pipe, it combines with your sanitary sewer. And if you have something wrong with that sanitary sewer, the pipes, the drains, uh, the stuff inside your house, under the floor, if that has a blockage in it, that hose that you stuff down that downspout drain may cause water coming up in your basement. So be aware. Go inside. Check your basement. Don't miss that opportunity because uh, homes that were built, oh, up until the last 30 years pretty much have a common sewer because in a in a tight, dense urban area, there's no place for that water to go either on the surface or under the pipe. So that's how it was all evolved over the years. Uh, 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. My name is Scott Mosby. I own and operate Mosby Building Arts, founded in 1947 by my father. I'm a second generation builder, master carpenter, uh, general contractor, um, designer, however you want to look at me now. My real plan and my skill is knowing a little bit about a lot and knowing how to connect the people with a need to get to the people that have a, a lot of problems to the guy with a little bit of information and get you to the people that have a lot of information, the specialists right in that place. It may be a uh, licensed electrician. It might be a licensed plumber. It might be a landscaper for grading and draining. It might be somebody uh, that uh, gets involved in an architect or a kitchen plan or bathroom plan, whatever it is. My value to you here on KMOX, and frankly in my career, was knowing, studying, and discovering a little bit about a lot. So I'm a great generalist. Uh, you want to get down to uh, real specific things, you're going to run out of gas. You just run out of my knowledge and expertise. One of the good things I, I am proud of in myself is I know what I don't know. I, I know when I'm out of gas. When I get there and I'm guessing, you know, I might guess, but I'll tell you I'm guessing. It's like I'm a little bit out of my badge level here. I'm out of my comfort zone. You're going to need somebody with more specific skills. So anyway, that's how I've spent the last, oh, golly, 22 years on KMOX here. I enjoy my time. Look forward to Saturdays. Certainly enjoy spending it with you. Um, so uh, anyway, let's fire this thing up, see what's cooking, get right to the phone lines and see what's happening. Uh, let's talk to Tom. Hey, Tom, good morning. Welcome to KMOX, my friend. How can I help you there? Good morning, Scott. I've been listening to you for quite a few years now. Um, I have a termite question. I know that's not your expertise in ex extermination, but you come across this, um, I'm sure, quite often in your uh, in your daily life. But I yeah. found termites in my garage uh, this week. They were swarming. I saw some swarming. So I called about four different um, exterminating companies, and they all kind of want to treat it a little differently. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they, evidently, they must not drill too much anymore. Two of them wanted to put just bait stuff out in the yard. One wanted to drill and put bait, and then one only wanted to drill. 
But my question is, my garage is a two-car garage. It's all it's all uh, drywall. It's all finished inside, and um, and I have concrete on all sides of the garage, and the garage is attached to the house. Mm-hmm. So there's really wow. concrete surrounding you know surrounding the whole garage. But I found termites on the wall that uh, up against the house where you come into the into the house. I took the drywall off of the bottom of the door, and okay. I could see where they were tunneling and going up there. And I've had you know people tell me different ways to treat it. I was just wondering what what your recommendation would be to, to treat it and get rid of them all. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll be honest with you. The more, the better. Um, and there are various, if you can bait it, uh, mm-hmm. I like the bait when you're kind of just looking for trouble, but right. you're already in trouble. So, right. you know, I mean, a, a bait station doesn't really help you too much. You know, you've got termites. So frankly, where I'm going to start right here, um, it, Tom, is that I would do both when you can. Uh, okay. you, you're already guilty. Um, you have termites. Um, mm-hmm. You have a situation that is good for termites. Uh, termites need a food source, moisture, mm-hmm. and warmth. And by having concrete all the way around, you're holding the moisture in the soil, so they're very happy to move around underneath all that concrete outside your garage. Mm-hmm. Your food source is the wood in that garage. Anyway, my long and the short of it is um, when I wind up with termites, and we're talking about a big asset being potentially compromised by that, and, and I've been involved in a lot of termite repairs. Right. <laughs> they they are not fun. It's basically cancer of the house. And right, I understand. So anyway, I'd do it all. I mean, frankly, if I want to sell you something, I'm going to give you this little bit thing so the price looks good. But if you're mm-hmm. really buying certainty, um, then, you know, I mean, it, it, what would you tell the doctor if he's going into an operation for surgery for cancer? Yeah. So, hey, doc, you know, when you do an, when you run out of an hour, just stop and I'll take my risk. It's like, I don't think so, buddy. You know, well, so. The one company that I, that I did call, they'll do both. But the problem mm-hmm. is. They wanted they wanted me to sign up for a service agreement where I'll let them exterminate everything. They're gonna come out twice uh, every every other month, and they want to exterminate the house for bugs, rodents, and all that other kind of stuff. And I don't really have that problem. But they but he says if I don't want to do that, then he he may not be able to help me because they he works for a company that wants to. Yeah, I guess they want a revenue stream coming in all the time. Well, the reality is when somebody comes to your house, if they're visiting your house, that's the big cost. So getting that person driving across town or doing a circuit, going to your home, that's the big money. So whether they spend five or ten minutes looking at the bait stations or reapplying or inspecting or doing that, plus they do for the bugs, plus they do for the whatever, plus they treat, you know, the issue is how much revenue do they get out of that visit? So there are other companies that will do, um, you know, any mix of services you're looking for. But the reality is uh, if it's termites you're after, you know, mm-hmm. and, and look at the incremental cost because it may be, you know, $80 or $180 to get the guy there. Mm-hmm. And then by the, if they do all the services, it might be 205 you know. Mm-hmm. So anyway, you just have to judge for yourself on the consumer, consumer okay. level. But personally, at least for this first year, maybe two or three, I'd I'd hit those termites with all I could. The other thing here, Tom, I want you to look at your downspouts. What about that concrete? What about the situation around that garage makes it so happy for those termites to come looking for your wood? Well, one of the problems is I live, my my back back, uh, backs up to woods, and I've had about seven seven trees taken out of my property in the last 30 years or so since I've lived here. So there's roots in the ground, so there's probably plenty of places for them to feed. (laughs) 
Yeah, and that's the bait station. That's why, you know, if they get, you know, they go looking off, not root, run out of a route, and they just keep tunneling, and all of a sudden they run into your house. So that's why I like the bait station. Yeah. And you know where they are. You know what they need, and they need to be treated there. So that's why I'm, I'm you know, when you're there, you know, treat them and bait them. Why not? Okay, another question. When I pulled the piece of drywall off where I found them, the, the guy came out, I had, and he, he noticed another spot right around my overhead door. As soon as he walked in, he says, "Well, you got to turn mine right here." Should I pull some of the drywall off all the way around the house? Or he told me to. He told me just to leave it alone. Not, not you know. So I, I have no idea where they're at in the, in the garage. They, they're probably in you know quite a few different spots because he found he found two more spots where they're at. But uh, yeah. would you want to cut the bottom of the drywall off against the concrete to see where the tunnels are coming out of the ground, or just leave them alone? Oh, uh, well, that's uh, that's up to you on how do you sleep. Because that's a consumer. It really is. If it was me, I mean, I've got those skills. It's not a big right. deal. I'd right. cut that drywall off. I might even cut it off to wherever I want to feel like taping right. my drywall joint next time. Yeah. So, okay. you know, uh, again, in medical care, in emergency medical care, number one is bear the wound. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> I think you answered my question then. All right. <laughs> well, thank you very much. You bet, Tom, and, yeah, and it's okay. Oh, you, once you get those those th- the termites treated, you can sleep okay. You just have to stay vigilant with it. Well, they used to use chloridane as a kid, yeah. and I'm sure when you were a kid, they used chloridane too. And, I, oh, yeah. and he said they won't use that. You know, I mean, that's been off the market for a long time. But yeah. so now they have to treat it with other things that doesn't last as long. He told me. So. Yep, yep. And that's why you're getting the combination of some will bake, right. some will treat, some want to drill, some don't want to drill. It's yeah. like, well, you know, it's it, it, you know what was isn't anymore. So, but but yeah. you've got termites. You know, hit them with all you've got. Okay. All right. Well, thanks, Scott. Have a good day now. All right, Tom. Thanks for the call. All right. Bye. Bye now. Home improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX. Man, we are off and running. Tom got us going with termites and and tis the season you know you think that's only around the holidays no baby tis the season for termites bugs snakes critters they're all coming out and they're all coming into your house 314-436-7900-800-925-1120 scott mosby at your service i'll be right back after this welcome back to the helotech waterproofing home improvement show presented by suburban leisure center on olive one mile west of 141 now once again scott mosby on kmox yes indeed saturday it is i promise the weather's getting better <laughs> it was beautiful then chilly then it's getting better i promise we're in the middle of the country everything changes if you don't like the weather today Wait an hour. It will change. We're in the middle of the country. Uh, 314-436-7900 puts us together for topics that are interested and important to you. 800-925-1120. Toll free anywhere on the globe. Uh, let's go right to our phones. Uh, Bosco, my gerbil, is in the background spinning the spin wheel, generating 50,000 watts to talk to Judy. Hey, Judy. Good morning. Welcome to CamelX. How may I help you? Well, hi, Scott. Nice to talk with you. Um, I have all of a sudden, about the last four weeks, Mm -hmm. I started getting rain coming down my fireplace. Mm. I mean, a lot of rain. Okay. So I called the roofer because I had a new roof put on in November. Uh But, you know, it all checked out fine. So he did spray all the masonry, all the the bricks up on the top of the chimney. But when I showed him where it was coming in, he was pretty puzzled by it. It's all in the front part of the firebox. And I had three buckets 
faced across the front, taking up the width. And since he sprayed, the only rain I'm getting is right smack in the middle of the box, where before it was spread all the way across. Now, my thoughts are I'm going to have to get someone in who's, you know, probably a good tuck pointer, but I also want somebody that understands fireplaces. Um, like, you know, I don't know, perhaps I need a new cap. Uh, he said that he thought that the clay Kyle tap uh, on the inside of the metal cap might need some attention. So I was wondering what your thoughts are about that and if you could help me about that, uh, give me some suggestions as to some good people to call. I live in Illinois in a rural area between Troy and O'Fallon, Illinois. Okay. Uh, Judy, how much water, what quantity are you getting? Well, I mean, it's pretty much, Scott. Um, and you didn't have I this before the new roof? Pardon me? And you did not have that leak before the new roof? No. See, I'm I'm going to the flashing on the I'm I'm still you know where there's smoke, there's fire, everything was good before November. Um and this is the part where inspect what you expect. Um I, I personally and and I've had a new roof years ago. This is one of the reasons we kinda went into roofing was I had a very good, reputable roofing company. They came in, they flashed the roof, we had problems with plaster and you know, so I sent one of our guys from Mosby up there, he pulled the thing apart and he said it was just flashed wrong. It just there. It had no choice but to leak. So you know, humans make errors. Um, nobody's perfect, and and so even knowing the solution and getting it done right are two things. I would ask that roofer to go back up and look at the flashing because if you had seepage or a, a, a peripheral problem, you would have moisture. Um, efflorescence, meaning white powdery dust, you'd see moisture on it, and you'd have maybe a few drips here and there. If you're collecting buckets, you have surface water runoff, and that's water running off your shingles and then taking some highway path straight down to your firebox. Um, so well, I, I, now I do, I do have on the on the brook um, on the inside, I do have those white marks you're talking about. Well, I'm sure but you do. Just, yeah, but see, all of this just started about, I'd say, three to three and a half weeks ago. And, I mean, I had a lot of rain before that. I mean, you know, all it's done is rain all winter. Well, sometimes so, the flashing can be properly installed. Leaves, you know, flow down and plug up the, the, the flashing, and the water, you know, overcomes that flashing. I, I, again, uh, for me, if this was a Mosby project and we had no problems before november we put a roof on in november now you're doing buckets man my i, well, I mean when i say buckets i'd say you know when i get a heavy rain i might collect a good half a bucket that's a lot of water not a full bucket yeah that's and a lot of I water have an, an, another fireplace that goes right below it in the basement Okay, and that whole facade is stone. Okay. So I went down there. You know, I started looking there. I've never seen anything on in the firebox, but there's water that has leaked in the ceiling, in the ceiling down there Yeah, from the that's, first level. See, you may have both things going on. I mean, how old is your house here, Judy? Well, it's 48 years, 46. 
46 years old. That's yeah, why I, I thought I I might need, you know, some tuck pointing work. Well, I think you're right. It, all of the above could be correct. But I still would, for me, I, I would open up and relook at that flashing on how that was done underneath the shingles. Was it done enough? Uh, because soakage and seepage, you tuck pointing, porous brick, uh, bad chimney cap. I'd look at the top of the chimney. You know, you know, is there, a, is there a cement cap on the top of this brick and all of that? But you may have seeping. You may have tuck point. Well, at 50 years, I'm sure you have all this stuff. But that quantity of water... Um, before and after a roof still is suspicious. My my point being, I would start with the flashing, but I would not uh, stop there. I would go to the tuck pointing. And he sealed the brick. He's on the right thing. But, I, you know, it's just like, are you sure your guys did this quite right? You know, I mean, humans, you know, we have bad days. Sure. Oh, sure. Yeah. And I've had him before. I've had to have – I live in an area that just keeps getting hit from hailstorms. <laughs> Yeah, Most it's of us really are. bad where I, where I live. But anyway, um, three years prior, uh, he put another roof on, and I know his work is very good. I mean, he, you know, he's got a wonderful reputation. He's a small business, but he does mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, homes in the area. So I know he, he does good work. And like I said, he he's been out here twice to look at everything. I mean, I. I can't say I fault him for that at all. Well, when you go to the grocery store, do you ever forget something? Oh, yeah. Well, that's all I'm saying. You know, when his guy got into the flashing, you know, Joe might have forgotten something. You know, it's so um, it's not a good or bad thing. It's are you sure you got this right? So okay. Did, so uh, okay. I I I wouldn't pull any punches, Judy. I'd I'd go after all of them. I, it sounds like you have the right guy on the roof. Just say, hey, you know, I talked to this guy on the radio. He thinks, you know, there's just a lot of water to come soaking through. Does that make sense? And you know, just it's like, you know, if this was your house, what would you, you know, help me here? You know. Sure. So, okay, Scott. I, well, I, think, I thank you very much. Yeah, Judy, I think you've got the right team. It, it's just, you know, I don't like going back and, you know, when I play base, I miss second base. I don't like running back third and say, to go touch second. It's a pain, but humans do stuff like that. So I just make sure we, you know, performed and have what we think we got. Okay. Thanks so much, Scott. All right, Judy. Take have care. Good, have a great day. Mm, Thank you. Bye now. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, Camo X. Sometimes we think we've got it. Don't know. And that's why there are warranties. That's why there are reputations. But, uh, you know, having a company that blows it, you know, that's not a problem. Having a company that blows it and doesn't come fix it, that's where you separate the men from the boys. So uh, anyway, that's all I'm saying is is humans are humans. Mistakes happen. Um, Frankly, um, we're in interesting times as well. Phone lines, 314-436-7900-436-7900-800-925-1120. My name is Scott Mosby. This is KMOX. I'm thrilled to be here. Stay tuned. We'll be back for more after this. Welcome back to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show, presented by Suburban Leisure Center on Olive, one mile west of 141. Now, once again, Scott Mosby on KMOX. Oh, yeah, we're getting into the outdoor part of the season when the middle of the country, St. Louis, is grand and a wonderful place. Anybody been outside much? Yeah, well, it was a little bit chilly. We're now warming up, I promise, a good afternoon coming ahead of us today. 314 
800-925-1120. My name is Scott Mosby, and we're talking about all the things around your home. This is your two-hour session. Uh, we uh, One o'clock today, after we get finished with the uh, Helitech Home Improvement Show, we're going to talk to Retire Ready. Retire Ready is the next show coming up. So, uh, And then the business of family business right here on KMOX. Let's go to the phones and talk with my friend Carla. Carla, good morning. Welcome to KMOX. How may I help you this morning? Hi, Scott. Um, thank you for your show. I have another roofing question. Okay. Um, we're due to get a new roof, and I got two bids from reputable companies um, with a couple of different approaches. One um, wants to replace the box vents mm-hmm. with a ridge vent, and the other just would replace the box vents. Um, also, uh, there's a question of if they should replace the drip edge or not and gaff shingles versus tamco shingles okay um the um well get into the warranty of the shingles how they're made what they're made with and what kind of warranty the company is willing to provide uh gaf uh, shingles um i like that material tamco's made in joplin missouri around the midwest as well so they can be a little less uh expensive uh but i do uh, prefer um, frankly, when you get to the attic ventilation, this is where you can really assess what the skill level and business practice of the company is. Why are you uh, asking only pan vents? Why only these uh, static pan vents? Uh, and if their answer is, well, you've got gable end vents, so you know we have to cover those off in order to put up a ridge vent, then you know that's the right answer. Uh, or the second one is, well, we want to put in a ridge vent, uh, and because of that, we have to close off the gable end vent so we don't short. So really, uh, the question you're asking me, I would turn to both of them and see how those answers uh, are handled and, and how willing they are to re-engage once again, because, you know, a roof is a relationship. We're talking about pretty much three decades of, you know, that and a warranty as well as you know, if a tree falls on your roof or needs some kind of repair, you're marrying or when properly done with that roofer, they're pretty much joining the family for the next three generations. So I would want to know how they communicate, contact, call me back, engage, answer my questions, um, and as well as the knowledge behind that. And then number two is uh Tell me why you're feeling just that, because both answers could be correct, the why and how they get there, or their willingness to say, well, you really need to add some vents down on the overhang to get this right. We're only doing the roof, but there's still more. So again, how much knowledge is there? Are they just doing the roof part that their company does, or will they really address the whole attic ventilation issue, which sometimes is beyond what roofing companies do. Well, I did ask those question, uh, that question to both. Okay. Um, the one that just wants to replace the, the box fence as they are said, you know, your architect built this home and, you know, and made those calculations and made that decision. So we're, you know, we're, we feel confident with that's the right thing. Um, the one who wants to do the ridge vent, said he could he could he doesn't have to do a rich vent but that's kind of what more roofers are going to he said that's the hottest part of your house um and and probably the least likely to 
um, to leak. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's on an angle, it's a little bit more likely to leak than than if it's at the top. And then he shingles over the top of that. Yeah. Um, I guess I'm wondering, is that is that a common practice or semi-common? Well, both are common practices. I, w- I will say, I promise you, your attic is underventilated. Uh, how, how old is your house here, Carla? 20 years. Yeah, it, the attic's underventilated. Most homes today may have the right amount of ventilation, but they aren't necessarily put together to where they effectively exhaust and change the air in the attic. Uh, two things are almost, well, three things. One is, well, four. Okay, dying, paying taxes, your roof attic is underventilated, and you don't have enough return air in your forced air heating and cooling. I can I can promise all four of those are just true. Um, so saying that, you know, 20 years ago we're going to trust what they did, is a little bit of a misnomer that I promise you your attic is underventilated. Um, and, and number two, the ridge vent, I do like, uh, Carla, but again, is anybody addressed? Do you have overhangs on your house, uh, vents on the down by the gutters there? Um, vents by the gutters. I'm yeah, you, sure. know what the, you know what a soffit is, that overhang right by your gutters, yeah. kind of? Yeah. Do you have any overhang there? I have, your... I have, you know, maybe eight inch, ten inch soffit, and then yeah. the gutters. Is that soffit? Uh, are there holes in that soffit that let air into yes. your attic? Yes. Okay. Well, I like that. Um, do you have a gable roof to where on the end of each house you have a triangular section of siding or something like that? Is that on your yes. home too? And those are vented. Okay. Both of those solutions, whether the pan vents or the ridge vent, both need to close up those end gable end vent areas, or else they're just kind of doing a lick and a promise because Mother Nature will take that air from the easiest place she can get it. So if you have a ridge vent, I, I promise you a ton of air goes out that top ridge vent. If you have pan vents, a ton of air goes out. But instead of drawing it from the overhang down by your gutters and taking that cool, fresh air and washing the underside of your roof sheathing, cooling the shingles, cooling the attic, changing all the air, it's sucking the air through that gable end vent and straight out through either the pan or the ridge. So I don't think either one of these guys are properly addressing attic ventilation. Back to my thing of, you know, the architect got it right. It's like, well, the architect back then did the standard industry practices, which even then wasn't really quite right either. So if if we remove the ones that are on the siding, do we do they just block those? Because obviously we don't have siding that's going to match it. Yeah, and that's why they're avoiding that. But still, you can do kind of a you can still do kind of a block the air thing and and just keep the vents in, but stop that airflow. Uh, because you've got to force the intake to be down low where those gutter soffits are for that 8-inch vent area and make sure that those are really open, that, you know, the air does flow through those. Um, so anyway, I, 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 I think uh, you may have two good roofers, but what I'm hearing now is I don't think either one are effectively addressing the attic ventilation. They're putting stuff on your roof because they're putting the roof on, but they're not really making sure that the attic is properly performing as a vent area. Okay, okay. And then um, do you, would you recommend that they replace the drip edge or just leave it be? 
How steep is your roof? Fairly steep. Um, yeah, if you have a fairly in like our family room and foyer area. Yeah, uh, drip edges aren't all, always the best thing in the world. Um, I would ask them why they do use drip edge. Generally, they make a nice, crisp, good-looking roof. Uh, but if you get a roof that's too flat, they can actually contribute to some, you know, water leaking behind gutters and such. So some cities say you have to do ridge or, or drip edge. I don't really agree with that. More is not always better. Uh, so I'm agnostic. I'm 50-50 on the drip edge, but I'm I'm pretty vigilant on the proper attic ventilation because they're up on the roof. They're doing all this stuff. You, they're just 10% away from getting this thing done. Or you hire another guy to come back in, and then you pay them to pull apart part of the roof stuff the guys just put on. And, you know, it just, it, it, you know, one single source solution and, and responsibility for, you know, uh, warranty. That's that's what I believe in. If you get two guys out there, you can wind up in the middle while they're pointing fingers at each other. Good point. Okay. Thank you so much. I appreciate your advice. Okay, Carl. I hope I've you know empowered you enough to you know have these conversations and and get where you're going. Sure. Okay. Okay. Take thanks. care. Bye. Bye now. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX. A lot of things um, inside that conversation. A whole lot of building science research. um, Things done wrong in the industry over the last last half century. And some of us still doing it the old way. And some of us uh, realizing, you know, wait a minute, we are part of the problem. We need to change our ways. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Scott Mosby at your service right here on KMOX. Welcome back to the Helotech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show, presented by Suburban Leisure Center on Olive, one mile west of 141. Now, once again, Scott Mosby on KMOX. All right, back together, wrapping up Hour 1. Stay tuned. We've got a second hour coming up here from noon to 1 o'clock here on University of KMOX. Topics began with termites in the garage with Tom. And uh, do I bait or treat and drill or do I do it all? My recommendation was, you know, hit it all. When you have termites, go for all of it because the, the bait it stays behind, and it will continue to look for trouble over future years. Uh, Judy had some rain coming in her fireplace, had a roof replaced back in November, and uh, she was, you know, collecting water in buckets. I felt that was something probably related more to the roof than uh, saturated bricks. Anyway, stay tuned. Hour 2 coming up here right after news, weather, and sports on X. KMOX at your service. Welcome to the Helotech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show, presented by Suburban Leisure Center on Olive, one mile west of 141. Now, here's your host, Scott Mosby, on KMOX. All right, top of the hour, middle of the day. We are live and lively lunchtime, University of KMOX, 50,000 watts. We are all together in the community family of KMOX. Thank you for the callers holding on through the top of the hour. Uh, Retire Ready coming up at 1 o'clock after that is uh, also the business of family business with Ryan Recker right here on KMOX. An afternoon of fun coming up uh, all day long today on KMOX. The weather is is getting warmer yeah we're sneaking up close to the 60s again sunshine you know it'll come and go as the day goes through lots of things happening stay tuned we are talking about your home one full hour taking you up till one o'clock uh, phone lines are on and running remember it's your home to manage maintain and take care of uh, as you and i are spending a little more time around our home perhaps like me 
you're cleaning the garage. Yeah, all those boxes that haven't moved for, shh, don't tell them how many years, maybe decades. Uh, yeah. So staying at home and, uh, you know, social distancing has been good for the honeydew list. We're talking about so many other things here. Uh, anyway, let's get uh, to our uh, phone lines coming up and see what's cooking here with my friend Richard. Hey, Richard, welcome to lunch on KMOX. How can I help you, my friend? Well, thanks. I, uh, I have an old house in Webster Groves. It's got a clay tile hip roof. Okay. Um, there's no uh, ventilation uh, per se uh yeah uh in that roof and i was wondering if if it would be a good idea to put some sort of a powered exhaust uh for the uh soffits uh, 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 exhaust in one end of the attic and a, a pickup in the other end or something like that uh actually that is a fairly um um discussed topic uh, how do you force the ventilation? Uh, number one, I will say this. I'm going to back up a little bit here. Uh, hip roof, you've got slopes on all four sides, so it's hard to get any kind of a ridge vent or ventilation in unless the roof is installed with vents in it, which is typically the time to do it when the tile gets put on originally or retiled when it gets re-roofed. Uh, that being said, um, clay tile roofs, are generally pretty well ventilated all in all uh, because they sit up above the sheathing. So they already have some air pockets underneath the, the, um, the tiles. The weather barrier, what keeps the rain out of the house, is actually the membrane, the 50-pound felt that's underneath that clay tile. Uh, but long and short of it is, is all in all, you have a pretty well ventilated roof roof the attic then is a separate thing and built back you know clay tile roofs last so doggone long that um the ventilation if if you properly give it half a chance that attic will do a better job ventilating because of that clay tile or slate roof or whatever it is um but that being said you are exactly describing the best way to exhaust and change the air in an attic because Mother Nature can't do it for you without a hole in the top of the roof as a ridge vent or a pan vent or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, absolutely. Now, the one thing I will say uh, regarding that, Richard, is sometimes a little bit of round ductwork actually gets put in. So if you have an intake, you know, down by the gutters on the eaves and then your exhaust is low on the other side, sometimes I've seen some of those um, intakes um, with a an 8 or 10-inch or round metal duct that dumps the air up into a higher part of the attic so you're actually supplying make-up air high and low. You, you following what I'm saying? It's kind of like yeah, a garden hose. You, you're able to spray or disperse the, the new cooler inlet air where you want mm -hmm. it. So, yeah, pretty good idea, actually. So you you would run a, like an 8-inch or 6-inch uh, or probably 8-inch would be better uh, from the makeup side up to the up to the top of the attic and then on the other side of the attic do the same thing for the powered vent going out uh yes but 
-hmm. I would have multiple inlets, multiple supplies so that you're bringing, you know, if you've got a 30 foot long uh, leg of the roof, I might put one, you know, six feet in from each corner and then one in the center. And then the one in the center, I might run up to the top of the attic or two thirds of the way up and think of smoke. So if you were to put smoke on those inlets and then you turn on the fan on the other end, you've got one point of exhaust and three points of, of source. How would that smoke pattern move through the attic? Because you want to wash and mix up and exhaust as much of attic air from every point in that attic as you can. Got it. Okay, very good. Thank you very much. Yeah, and also keep in mind in your exhaust, you can also exhaust with a duct as well. So I've seen exhaust fans actually set up with 10, 12-inch where they run up above the insulation in the floor of the attic, maybe up to four feet. So they're actually sucking the air out halfway through the – so anyway, just keep in mind you you have a lot of mixes with that. Just think in terms of a smoke test and a smoke path, and I think you'll uh, be happy with how you come out there, Richard. Great. Okay. Very good. Thank you. Okay. Thanks. Home improvement. Scott Mosby came on. Kind of an interesting question. We've had some really, you know, complex topics going on here. Uh, a clay tile roof. Um, those clay tile roofs last about a hundred years. Uh, the problem with them is, uh, the, the felt the membrane, uh, the watershed. Uh, if you see a clay tile roof installed, basically that roof, you know, everything gets taken off the roof and then they put down a felt. Now they're putting down uh, self-adhering membranes, some pretty high-tech stuff. Boral, B-O-R-A-L is, is one manufacturer. Um, you know, there, there are a lot of really good high-tech roofing membranes uh, sometimes, and that's what sheds the water. So basically you're putting a huge shrink wrap self-adhesive membrane on the entire roof and when you're done without the tiles that roof sheds water because you know basically you've got this little stick on swimming pool liner thing it goes on in three foot strips and they overlap them six or 12 inches whatever they choose um, to get a double layer and oftentimes uh, you know people I see well they say well can I get two layers of that membrane on because you know uh, you know a clay tile roof or, or slate you know they're very pricey they're very very labor intensive uh, hard to get that heavy stuff up there disperse it around anyway so yes oftentimes people would put two layers of the waterproof membrane on these you know what I call you know lifetime roofs if you will uh, so anyway that's another method the problem is when those roofs go on, like I mentioned in the end of hour two, you know, with uh, the attic ventilation issue, uh, you know, when we got to Carla, she was asking, well, which roofer, you know, how, what are they telling me? Well, what they're telling you is they're doing what's easy for them. They're not really addressing the entire attic ventilation issue. And the time to do that is when the roof goes on. The issue is that roofers, you know, I'm a roofer. I put roofs on, you know, well, but I need you to handle the attic. Well, the attic includes the gutters, sometimes the insulation, sometimes the flashing, sometimes tuck pointing if I've got a chimney that's made of masonry, you know, and then you get into the roofing material itself, and then you might have some siding if you've got some gables, you know, with siding up there on, you know, bump-out gable things. So it's the companies that address all of the issues and own those issues and deliver are more complex companies, more costly, 
more knowledgeable and they deal with those things. So again, that's pretty much when I go into buying something as a consumer, you know, I know a little bit about a lot. I'm looking for somebody who knows a lot more than I do because that's kind of what I'm paying for. That's part of it. Yeah, I want you to put a roof on my house, but I also want you to fix the stuff around the roof. So anyway, keep in mind those things. Uh, and as it gets into clay tile roofs and ventilation, uh, Richard had a really interesting question because sometimes you just have to force that ventilation mechanically because you just don't have the ventilation options. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Scott Mosby, Home Improvement at your service. I'll be right back after this. Okay, back together, Scott Mosby, Home Improvement, phone lines, 314-436-7900, toll-free, 800-925-1120, live and lively, one more hour, Bosco, my gerbil in the back, just spinning the uh, treadmill, making and generating 50,000 watts of power for broadcasting, little bit of help from Ameren Electric on the side there. You know, I, I feed Bosco well, he's very happy, loves his exercise, sometimes we just need a little bit of help from our friends. Uh, have you been hanging around the house <laughs> a little more than you thought uh, are the walls moving in is the uh, beauty happening outdoors that green stuff coming out with all this rain and now the temperatures warming up all the green things happening uh-huh yep indeed maybe it's time for a little bit of a sunroom space on your house yeah whatever anyway think about that all the ways and places i think we're all going to be spending just a little bit more time around our homes in the future years maybe now's the time to think about it if you think about anything happening throughout this season get started now because uh, a properly built project has a very good planning stage the planning stage comes right after um, figuring out from you what you want as a consumer in your home and then discussing what those possibilities probabilities can be all that uh, in my day job Mosby Building Arts we are busy 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 Um, we are designing very many things uh, doing a lot of uh, virtual home visits as well as some in person uh, under certain situations but it's kind of interesting how good the non-visit visit can be. I'm stunned at the amount of information, uh, the expertise and knowledge of our clients, uh, their ability to tell the story of what they're uh, looking at. And, and uh, anyway, it's just kind of fun. So all of this is, uh, you know, a little bit uh, difficult, but still, everything's a new adventure. May we live in interesting times. Boy, howdy to that. Um, let's see what's happening with my friend Kathy. Hey, Kathy. Good afternoon. Welcome to lunch on CamWex. How may I help you, my dear? Hi, Scott. Um, I had last year, in the coldest day of the year, in the middle of the night, my sub pump froze up and broke. Mm. So I had to have someone come out, and they replaced it. But it was the coldest night, and it was dark outside, so he was working in the basement and outside. Mm-hmm. Okay, I noticed then, after the weather started warming up, that outside where the sub pump, where the pipe comes out from the house, that there was standing water uh, around the foundation of the house, and it's also rocked in that area. There's rock. And the rock was like kind of moldy-like or something. And then it drained out into the yard, and there was some standing water there. So I thought, well, maybe it's because it's been raining so hard. And eventually it warmed up, and that stopped. So I thought, well, maybe it's just because of the weather and the rain. But now this year, I've noticed the same thing is happening, and it's 
standing water and it's uh, still there and there's rock there so it's not grass so it there must be a lot of water also under the rock and it seems to be in the where the house it's in the corner like the pipe comes out kind of from the corner of the garage and the house and then it goes underground under this rock and then drains out into the yard now fast forward to this year I also had a roof and new gutters put on last year, and I noticed last week when it was raining, the um, gutters that go into the downspot, which go into the yard, they're buried underground, mm-hmm. that where the seam is on the gutters, water was pouring out of there like a, a faucet, and on the other side too. So I thought, well, maybe it's the gutters in that section where it comes to uh, in the corner from the garage to the house by the sub pump because that's all right in that same section. Mm -hmm. But I went out in the rain, and I couldn't see where it was leaking from the gutters down there. So I'm really not sure what's going on. So do you think I should call a contractor the sub pump contractor, or I'm just really not sure what's happening there? And my gutters, do you think they – the seam – it's where the gutters are and the downspots. There's a little seam. I mean, it's just like sure. a little bit, and that's where it's pouring out. So it's not even going into the downspots. It's just pouring out from that little bitty seam. Yeah. There's a blockage in the outflow where your downspout is draining into and your sump pump. Everything may be working up to that point, but I suspect the pipe underground may have been affected by that freeze. It may have split, may be open, it may be blocked with dirt, debris, or whatever from gutters in previous times. But uh, what explains that is if there's no place for the water to drain out of the end of that sump pump pipe or your downspout down drain pipe if it just can't get rid of it it would explain everything that you're going through so i suspect you have a plugged up pipe underground somewhere or something that was damaged um beyond just your sump pump pipe and the frozen sump pump there you, you follow where i'm going with this Kat? right so do you think that maybe the pipe froze up uh, the pc pipe froze up or something and yeah crashed? Yeah, or it's just it could be just you know I mean you should you could have had a chipmunk that crawled up there in the winter, built a nice nice little house and was really good at it and turned into kind of a you know like a beaver really made a real plug in it. So I would make sure that exhaust pipe, the underground drain pipe, is working correctly before you go upstream looking at gutters or sump pumps or any of that because they've already been looked at here recently. They're they're kind of assuming that you know if I hook it up to the pipe underground, it's working well. What if it's not? That could explain all of this. It was cold. It was dark out there. He couldn't really see. I had to bring him a flashlight. So they should start digging that up and remove the rock. and. Well, uh, is there a pipe under that rock that all this stuff drains to? Can you you get to the end of that pipe yourself to stuff a hose into it? No, because you have to dig up part of the yard to get it drains out into the yard underneath. Well, then you're looking for a handyman or landscaper or somebody that puts in or or maintains these underground pipes. Usually not a gutter guy, not a sump pump guy. Uh, you know, we have a handyman oh, service at Mosby. But basically, you're looking for kind of a, a sewer cleaner guy in low-tech form. So do you think the people that do my uh, irrigation, my uh, water sprinkler system, could be the ones that would 
Not not really. No. Not really. This is more the people. Uh, like, do you have a landscape company that uh, does um, grading? Or, right. right, yes. I would start with them and and just, just tell them this story and say, you know, I talked with Scott Mosby on the radio and, you know, he thinks that pipe might be cleared and, and it's well within their abilities. And, uh, you know, they're going to be a little busy this time of year. But, yeah, I think this is just a plugged up pipe down there could explain all of this. Well, thank you so much. And then just do you think caulking the uh, seam where the water's coming out on the gutters, is that what the problem is there, do you think? Not a bit. Not a bit. I would not caulk that gutter on that seam because if the underground pipe is draining properly, you'll never see water coming out of that seam. So it's a nice little telltale indicator of is everything underground still working? You follow no, what I mean? No, this is on the other side by the patio that it's coming out, this other thing with the seam with the water. Well, there shouldn't be water coming through the seams of a downspout or, or a gutter if they're draining properly. Maybe that pipe is, is plugged as well. Because that goes out into the yard too. Yeah, something okay. something is re- if for example, um, you know, what, if you've got a garden hose and it's running fine, and you put your hand on the end of it and you stop the flow, all of a sudden you get these leaks along the hose and where it hooks up to the faucet. All of a sudden, all kinds of stuff starts squirting out of places it shouldn't. So if you properly let the water come out of the end of the hose, such as the underground pipes that your downspouts are draining, you shouldn't have these odd spurting out seams you follow yes yes. there you go okay thank you so very much yeah and most of this is just common sense here kathy just kind of noodle it through it's like well if i did have a block what would that call oh well that explains this water coming out here so yeah don't don't caulk things um because the problem is not where you see it the problem is now where you cannot see it okay yeah all right well thanks so much i really appreciate it you bet i love this stuff i can't help myself (laughs) <laughs> have a good day all righty bye-bye thanks bye. bye home improvement scott mosby kmox again for people that love to figure things out uh and again that you know that's one of the things we look for at mosby building arts well you know there are a lot of people out there that know how to do uh home improvements repairs designs uh you know trims carpentry paint all that stuff we're looking for somebody that can figure out why something is happening. So it's kind of a thinking man's game. Frankly, the most valuable part of my cohorts at Mosby Building Arts are their minds because, you know, like me, they love to think about this stuff. Sometimes we get caught a little bit overthinking. It's like, well, this is happening and that is happening. That could cause this, you know. And so, again, anyway, out come the coffee cups. We have debates, and that's how our designs, you know, evolve around kitchens and bathrooms and room additions lower the things that we do at Mosby but it's a fun way to challenge because it's kind of uh, not only do you have to have the technical skills to perform the craft you know the actual trade but likewise you know it, it's a pretty fast crowd you have to figure out how to keep up with the next guy because he's a pretty sharp guy 314-436-7900-800-925-1120 my name is Scott Mosby we are at your service and I'll be right back after this Yes, indeed, I'm at your service here, going up to the top of the hour. One o'clock brings Retire Ready, and then later after that is the Business of Family Business with Ryan Recker right here on CAMWEX. Let's go talk with my friend Pat. Pat, good afternoon. Welcome to lunch on CAMWEX. How can I help? Hello, Scott. You're on, please. Uh, Yes, what's the purpose of a ridge vent? I am getting a new roof, supposedly. The house is 17 years old. 
and it doesn't have one now, but it has real high ceilings. Okay. Okay, the purpose of a ridge vent, um, have you ever had a uh, pressure cooker in the kitchen? Uh, no, I'm afraid of those. <laughs> yeah, well, it's the same thing. I know about, I know about them, though. <laughs> if you don't vent your attic, you have a trapped blocked um, volume of air, just like a pressure cooker on a stove. As the sun hits that roof, it raises the temperature of that air. That air expands, and then hot air rises. So the purpose of a ridge vent or a pan, any kind of a vent or hole in the top of your roof, um, you know, including those old whirlybirds from years ago, that's to let the hot air rise and escape out of the attic. So then it, it lets the hottest air go out and then ideally in the bottom part of that attic down around your gutters your overhangs whatever there are vent intakes to where the new cold uh, fresh air comes in from the bottom and as that cool air heats and goes up it escapes through the ridge vent at the top taking with it moisture and all sorts of other things that make your insulation bad and mold grow up in your so anyway the purpose of a ridge vent pan vent whirly bird any kind of exhaust vent up on your roof uh, is to change um, dry and exhaust the air in your attic volume so you recommend a ridge vent? I recommend a properly vented attic. A ridge vent, it's kind of like saying, well, do you, you, know, do you recommend an 18-wheeler truck? It's like, well, it depends what you're trying to do. If you're just taking the baby down to the doctor, maybe not. So there, that's one way. It's my favorite way for most residences, but one size does not fit all, all the time. So it's more, to, more important to find somebody that understands how all those things work um as and and get the right solution for your attic but i do like ridge vents it's usually the one we try to use at mosby first yeah all right well thank you you bet did you kind of understand what the purpose of those vents are well i just don't understand why they didn't do it the first time oh man when the house house was built because all the houses in the subdivision there's 11 um now they're all getting ridge vents that didn't have ridge vents before well, why do you think we've got a home improvement show on Camwex? It's been going on for more than a half century. Obviously, we didn't all get it right. I guess. I guess yep. so. Thanks, Scott. Okay. Thanks for the call, right. Pat. Bye. Uh-huh. And, and that's, a, that's a good point. Um, and, and frankly, people say, well, how, how did you learn all this stuff? Folks, Scouts Honor, I promise I've made all these mistakes. I messed all this stuff up. I was a product of this industry that we didn't understand. And we're undergoing that right now because the innovators, um, the people creating new, better ideas and new products, they're able to come out with them faster than the industry can retrain and understand, um, you know, for example, uh, building codes for me, uh, Scott Mosby at Mosby Building Arts. Um, number one, if you want to ventilate a house, you change the air many times. So the best thing would be a whole bunch of air moving through the wall cavity. Okay, sounds good. Dries out the air, at, you know, vents like an attic. Okay, now we're in the firefighter's point of view. Oh, okay, so if we get a little bit of a flame, maybe a spark in an outlet or something problem in the wall, now we're going to blast furnace, blowtorch this thing with a lot of moving, changing air. Well, so the fire code point of view is absolutely no 
moving air, draft stop, um, fire blocking, um, boxes that contain uh, problems where fires can occur. Oh, but the health and safety and the mold moisture needs change. What do you do with that? So that's why I and pretty much my whole company is involved in building science training because there is not one answer. And as soon as there is, somebody will make a new product that's just a little bit better than the next one. And that's why, you know, people say, well, what's the best best window? It's like there is no one best window because it depends on your house. Is it brick? Is it siding? Is it stucco? Is it uh, EFIS? Uh, is it insulated exterior finish system, EIFF? All that stuff. So my point being that, you know, um, the innovators can figure things out, create new ideas faster than we can retrain. That, frankly, is why Mosby Building Arts is built the way we are, because uh, the most valuable thing we have at Mosby is the knowledge inside the, the heads, our minds, our brains of all the associates I work with. I need them to know what they're doing, why they're doing and when to stop doing that old thing that no longer works. Or ask questions enough to bump it up to the next level and say, Does this, this doesn't look right. You know, you know. in my training last week, did I, on and on and on. Uh, let's go to the phone, see what's cooking here, and talk to my buddy uh, Lance. Hey, Lance, Scott Mosby here. How can I help? Oh, Scott, how you doing? Fantastic. I'll tell you what I did. I bought a, a small log cabin kit that's 50 years old. The lake community, and uh, it needs to have the bark scraped off, and it needs to be chinked, yeah. and then some kind of preservative put on top. And I was just wondering, what's the best way to go about that? Um, back-breaking labor. <laughs> Back in log cabin days, um, you know, the logs were plentiful, but it's a very labor-intensive thing. The logs, when they're manufactured, they actually put them in at the lumber mill, and they spin those logs, and they just literally bump and and grind the, the um, you know, the the exterior clean so you wind up with a smooth log. Um, well, if mine's not like that. There is, it is not. Mine's got bark on them. Well, what you have a real log. They've cleaned off three sides and left one side with bark, and then they, you know, built the log cabin. And now the bark's coming off, and I guess that's what's protected the logs. Yeah. They're uh, pine, some sort of pine. Ooh. Yeah, those move uh, a lot with water. Yeah, and I've got to scrape off the bark, but I was just wondering – uh, what a an oil based stain, or I, I want to clear coat it is what I want to do. But oil base or latex, and what's the best chinking material? Is a is that a latex or is that a, a there, you know, yeah. petroleum based uh, stuff? Uh, well, Lance, I'm going to back up a little bit here. Um, there are communities for log cabin people online with um, um, chat rooms for exactly this purpose on removing the um, the bark uh, that you're going to have to either do that yourself or hire somebody to literally knock it off with a sharp something uh, right. draw knives was one way they did it um, uh, but either way that comes off and then with your raw and you need raw and dry pine uh, at that point um, 
I, I, today, I'm not sure whether it's an oil base because the oil base um, will become a food source for mildew and the oil base stain or sealer will turn black, just like it used to on cedar. Uh, so now some, sometimes they've got latex materials. I will tell you pigmented is better than clear. It will last longer. Uh, so anyway, okay. that relates. I think you're heading more toward a latex sealer now than you are like the old linseed oil because it just becomes a food source for mold and mildew. Uh, number right. two, the chinking is kind of like a latex modified ceramic tile grout and it actually has a fiber reinforcement in it and you will find uh, websites uh, so I, my advice is go on the internet and get in these chat rooms because you know just like me in this radio show boy howdy those guys love this stuff and they know their stuff and you're gonna you'll see topics debated back and forth by some very knowledgeable people so i would guide you to a, a specialist you're into a, a very um niche type thing and and uh, i don't think i can serve you the way they can okay well yeah. thank you yeah. for your honesty well you're going to wind up uh, coming away pretty smart on this thing because it is addictive if you like a log cabin you're going to find people that love log cabins and off and running holy smokes you'd be surprised how many of them are right here in the St. Louis area I mean big timers so. Yeah I am um, 55 miles south of uh, Kirkwood Okay on the right off 55 and it's a very rustic log cabin Yeah yeah <laughs> and it's been neglected it's, yeah. uh, it was a summer home, and mm. the guy only used it a couple times a year. And uh, it's to the point where this needs to be done or there's going to be some larger <laughs> problems that occur. Yeah, yeah. No, Lance, go get them. I think uh, online these chat rooms and you'll find some people uh, around Washington, Missouri. There are people that really knowledge. I mean, it, you, if you seek, you shall find. Uh, it's, a, it's a big community, and they are passionate. I uh, thank you for your time, sir. You have a great weekend. Okay, thanks, Lance. Good luck. Bye now. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, X at your service here, and we'll be right back for more after this. All right, let's see if we can sneak back in, get a few phone calls in here before the top of the hour, news, weather, and sports. Let's visit with my friend Gretchen. Hey, Gretchen, Scott Mosby here. How can I help? Uh, I have to get a new roof. Uh, the shingles are 30 years old. It's an ordinary ranch style, uh, aluminum siding. I have the vents on the, each side of the house, the old-fashioned type vents. And how do I co coordinate getting the roof and the gutters? Because the g roof guy does the roof and the gutter guy does the gutter. And if something goes wrong, uh, do I get the bid for the roof first and then the next day ask for the gutter? And do I need ridge vents or can I get along with just the... The old-fashioned, this house is uh, built in 1952, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you need somebody who's going to general contract this thing. If you have one company that does just this and then another one that does just that and another one that's going to do the venting and another one that does the gutters, basically you're the general contractor and you hold the risk and you're supposed to have all the experience on making these decisions. So if you're asking me that question, um, don't subcontract this yourself because there ha it, what happens is if you have a, an orchestra with some of the finest musicians in the world and no conductor, 
I understand they, that, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, effectively, you're welcome to call my company, Mosby Building Arts. There are other companies that handle multiple things like this, um, but it's kind of an exterior, and, and that's why we do what we do. Uh, I will tell you that having somebody watch the store, you're adding another layer of expense with that and time, but that's where it either works together or it doesn't because a lot of these questions I get on Camo X are because they didn't connect the dots. Well, this works and this doesn't work, and this guy says it's the tuck pointing, this guy says it's a siding, and this guy says it's a roofing. So do yourself a favor and get somebody who will do it all for you and then hold them accountable. Right. I didn't realize it until I realized that I have to get the gutters also. And the roof guy says, I don't do the the gutters. So I think I will call your company and try to get someone who can just coordinate the whole thing. So that would be your advice, correct? Yes. Yes, ma'am, because you know what you want. You know what you expect. That's your responsibility. It's their job to know how to do it and then hold the the power and the responsibility to get it done right. think with all these questions about you know, other people having problems, I'm thinking, well, heck, that, that's what I wanted to know. So thank you so much, Scott. You've really, uh, really enlightened me. <laughs> Great. You're welcome, Gretchen. Take care. Thank you. Bye now. Next up, let's go talk with my friend, Kurt. Hey, Kurt, Scott here. How can I help, my friend? Hey, Scott. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, yeah. I got a house in University City that I'm working on, uh, huh? probably built in the 50s. Um, at the front door, you've probably seen this before, on both sides, there are kind of molding columns, probably about six inches in width, five, six inches in width. And uh-huh. it's an old, and they're kind of old. What I'm noticing is kind of this black, uh, it probably wasn't black originally, molding, I mean, sorry, caulk or some type of adhesive just sliding from behind there. And you can yeah. tell it was some kind of an adhesive or caulk because it's kind of got the swirl pattern in it still. Yeah. Um, the, 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 the molding is still secure on the home. I guess my question is, what do I, I'm going to have to rake all that old stuff out. What do I put back in there? Um, is it a wood molding and a wood door trim? Yes, it is. Will you paint it or stain it? I will paint it. Okay, I would use a high-quality latex caulk. Number one, if that stuff is black, all that means is moisture got into the caulk, and it's trapped, and it's just growing and mildewing. So it's it's no different than the caulk in your shower or around your bathtub. It's a pretty low-tech problem. If it's still pliable, try and cut it out with a utility knife or a razor blade or something like that, Kurt. Uh, if not, you're going to have to you know really scrape it out. But less is more because if the caulk has already filled the void you don't need to add a whole bunch of new stuff on top of it you know and then let it dry and then paint okay and it's okay so the and just so i'm clear the columns uh i mean the molding backs up against the brick so it's okay to shoot it between the brick and the molding okay Okay. yes sir all right go get them kurt thanks home improvement scott mosby kmox stay tuned for next